Ahoy, hello, welcome to a brand new episode of Baffled. Wouldn't you look at that, your favourite fact podcast is back once again. My name is Dan, I bring you facts this week about ramen railroads, terrible tattoos and a moon mission. Connor, what do you got? Uh, we're going to talk about who's alive, who's not alive, some basketball for you and... Uh... Can we actually see the past? And Mark makes up the trio. What have you brought? This week, a toddler showing Connor up, rearview mirrors in space, and a surprising location of an old community. It's all happening in a brand new episode of Baffled. Millions of people have lost weight with personalised plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Thank you very much for being there. The idea of this podcast is very simple. We do all the digging around. We do all the dirty work in fact finding so you don't have to do that. We just present you these every week and you decide whether they are worth remembering, worth sharing, a bit of pub ammo, or if they should be chucked again, you should never think of them and never listen to us and pay attention to anything we say. It really is that easy. Um, we're all split up all around the, the country today. Well, the southeast. So yeah. we're excited to come together to bring you some facts. Connor, you can take it away. Um, Shaq, the basketball player, big old Shaq. Um, did you know that he hit 12,000 baskets in his career, which is a hell of a lot of baskets, one of the best basketball players that the world has ever seen? Only one of those was a three-pointer. One. That's it. So, I mean, if you're going to hit that many baskets, who needs the three-pointers with it, with it right? Yeah, so I, lo- I looked into it. And um, I was trying to find out his position and whether his position on the basketball court means that he would be hitting three-pointers. He does play more of a role, which means that he wouldn't. But looking in comparison of all the other players that have been as successful as him, they've got way more than him. One three-pointer in that whole career and 12,000 baskets. That's crazy. Thing is, the 12,000 baskets is obviously impressive because it's a huge number. But they do play a yeah. lot of basketball games. They play a phenomenal amount of basketball games, and they're always really high scoring. So it's never ending. So it's but the thing here as well that people were finding really, really strange about this fact. Big basketball fans was due to his size and due to his height. Mm. They were saying that three pointers for him are actually super simple. They should be really, really easy for him. Scoring a point of any of any form should be easy. But where he's so tall, obviously a three pointer. The idea is you're outside of that area. You need to get the ball over all of the players and obviously in the hoop. But for him being so much taller than pretty much any player that has ever played basketball, they're like, why did he not score more? Why did he not try it more? Tried it once. Well, probably more than once, but only scored one in all of that time. I guess. I enjoy you explaining the rules of basketball there, <laughs> that you need to get the ball in the hoop. Thank you for that. As you I was, can con- tell, I was confused otherwise. 
Yeah, big, big basketball fan, me. I know all about it, all about it. I guess it, 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 it must be to do with the teams that he played for. So, uh, I'm looking at his history here, played for Orlando Magic. I guess Magic. he played with Kobe Bryant a lot, right? Um, so Yes, well, I, I don't really know when Kobe Bryant was around, but he only played, he played for the Lakers from 96 to 04, then went to Miami Heat, Phoenix, Cleveland, then the Celtics. So, like, moved around, and maybe he was just playing on teams that the coach didn't like them trying for three pointers because there was well, perhaps the more. I- it was more. Uh, there was more of a chance of them scoring if they worked it closer to the net. Well, there was a uh, there was a forum on this fact underneath of basketball fans that were speaking about it, and uh, they were all completely shocked, like massively shocked. They were like, oh, "I've loved basketball my whole life. I'm a big, big fan of it. I never knew this. This is not true." Then once they done all the research, they were all shocked by it. So it's obviously quite a. Uh, what an insane number to have only got one three-pointer out of the uh, 12,000. And when you watch him play as well, he's like, because uh, I was watching highlights of him to quite try and understand if he was always within that area where you would, you know, just score in a hoop and not do it from, from the three-point territory. But he was always everywhere. So it was obviously told, yes, as you said, by the coach, don't go for the three-pointer, use your height, get right in. And yeah, just, I think he just lifted up, didn't he? Did he even jump? Probably just went like that, put his hand up. I mean, I hoop. feel like the net's a little bit taller than being able to do yeah. that. I mean, yeah. it's, it's the thing, isn't it? It's like, even if three-pointers wasn't a massive part of his game, and even if, you know, it was a thing he did rarely, you'd still expect a better percentage than one in 12,000. One? I oh, know, that's the thing as well. If it was like, you know, 20, 30, 40, 50, I'd yeah. be like, this isn't a but great It's like, fact. fine, it's a small one. percentage, but fine. But one singular. I, yeah, and also, we're not talking like just a basketball player that got, I don't know, 500 career hoops if that's what you call it mm. 12,000 is a bloody lot that's a lot and so we've only that's had how one three pointer yeah absolutely but uh, love Shaq by the way he's an absolute legend he's become like a bit of a comedian now and he's so dry I love him doesn't he haven't we had a Shaquille O'Neal fact before that he owns a restaurant chain or something yeah we have yeah and I think we had one about something to do with his actual size as well I think there was one really early on in Baffled where he was talking about the size of his hands or something like that I might but Big guy. I might uh, put it into the founding text of the Baffled podcast, like our declaration of what we're doing on the show to make it law, that written law, Connor, that you have to bring a basketball fact in every week. Because I really enjoyed you kind yeah. of stepping on the periphery of trying to talk about basketball and using some of the words. Uh, they throw hoops and then, and then they, they dunk her, they dunk her, smash hoop, yeah? <laughs> Do you know what, yeah, with basketball, it is one of the only sports for me that I actually know zero about, don't really understand it, but completely love watching it. I don't know what it is. I love going. Whenever I've been to America and watched basketball, it's fantastic. I've got no idea really what's going on. I don't really understand it, but I'm loving every minute of it. Whereas most sports, I'm like, this is so boring. I don't get it. Mark, give us your first fact of the show. Okay, do you know where the rear view mirror is on a spaceship? I'm looking in the rear view mirror. Well, I don't really know... Uh, it, I'm trying to think. Do I know what a spaceship looks like? Because because it, it was, is it like the top of a? Is it like the capsule at the top of a, uh, on a rocket that blasts away? They don't have they don't have screen, don't they? Do they have screens in a spaceship, or is it all completely? Let me let um, me put, let me put you out of your misery. The rear view mirror in a spaceship is in the toilet. Right, okay. of course it is. Please explain more. Uh, so, in order to go to the toilet in space, you obviously need to make sure that you are positioned. 
pretty much perfectly. Otherwise, you are getting a lot of poop particles floating around you. Uh, so in order to make sure that they are positioned perfectly, they have foot clamps that they have. They have thigh clamps. They have handles to hold on to. And they also have a mirror that allows them to position their bottom perfectly. And that is called the rear view mirror. Okay, so it was never going to be simple, wasn't it? So it was always course. going to be something that we never. So knew. they're not actually looking. It is a very literal name for it. It is a rear view. Oh yeah, mirror. I'm. I tell you why I'm fuming. Why would why would a spaceship need a proper rear view mirror? Why would they ever need to look behind themselves? I'm, I'm annoyed that I'm annoyed that I. Wait. I'm really annoyed that I didn't exactly figure they, that out. Exactly, they don't. It's just a mirror for your rear like view. The, other, yeah. yeah, I was like, they're hardly doing sort of a, a filter lane. I was thinking, what's going on? Other, here? other spaceships like floating really aggressively behind you. BMW made spaceships yeah. like really up your ass, flashing at you to move. Yeah, fair play. Yeah. Uh, here's the thing. I this is why I couldn't be in charge of any big project, right? I would never. I would never think about that. You know, I would never think that. Oh, no. you need to poo in a specific way so it doesn't fly everywhere. So you need to clamp your feet down. You need to hold on like you're an old beardy. Like I, I wouldn't think about anything like that. Yeah, and then there's also na- nowadays uh, there is. It's essentially kind of like a vacuum, so it kind of like sucks your poo in uh, rather than sort of it just sit in there. So it kind of like so you it, kind of create a vacuum there, which is also brings how it. you yeah. uh, how you have a wee. You essentially attach yourself to a hose. Hose with a funnel on. That's basically how you have it. It all wait. sounds uncomfortable, doesn't it? When you're waking up at like 3 a.m. and need that late night wee, it just sounds like absolute chaos. I mean, I'm lucky enough to get it in the bowl in the flat. Usually there are a few spillages at 3 a.m. and the light's not on, let alone plugging a nose into the side of me. Cock. Yeah, another reason, <laughs> another reason, Connor, why you can't be an astronaut because you're raging, raging bowels. Oh, That'd be terrible. I'll tell you what. If ever, if ever, if ever there was a reason why Connor Knight couldn't be an astronaut, yep, go on then. Yeah, got it in one. We finally found it. None of those astronaut suits would be white after a while, would they? Right, first fact of the show for me: one of the most scenic railways in Japan is powered and fueled by ramen. Ramen, the noodles. <laughs> what is in? Hold on, hold on, hold on. I think I know this already. I'm going to take a guess. Is ramen the business of which funds? No, and ramen isn't the name of the bloke who's driving the train either or shoveling coal into the flames. No, it is ramen, as in the noodle soup that you like. Uh, Mm. I know what a ramen is. I have it twice a week. (laughs) That's extraordinarily precise, Connor. Twice a week. Tuesday and Thursday, ramen nights. I don't think I enjoy ramen that I, much to make it like a. I, I must have this two nights a week. No. What? What? Well, you're doing ramen. You're doing ramen wrong then. There's what, so many ways of doing ramen. What's Monday night? Monday night usually just be what happened on Sunday. Leftover. Get that done on Monday. Tuesday what ramen. Wednesday I always go a little bit rogue. I might get a pizza, something like that. Thursday ramen. Friday beers. So your diet is essentially <laughs> takeaway and ramen. Last night, I had a really good ramen. I had a mushroom ramen, and it was bloody lovely. Are you doing takeaway ramen, or are you cooking Takeaway ramen, and I don't know, maybe a bit of spag bowl in there. Cooking ramen. Make ramen. Okay. Anyway, with that leftover ramen, Connor, if you didn't fancy it on the Thursday, you could fuel, as I say, one of the most scenic train lines in Japan, Kyushu's uh, Takachiyo Amaterasu Railway. Something along those lines. About 10 years ago, the guy who runs it, a fellow called Nishida, was talking to one of his clients 
the owner of a restaurant that specialises in tonkotsu, that's porn stock ramen. Uh, the owner told Nishida that about the expense of paying for a waste disposal company to take the leftover ramen, he couldn't afford it, the broth that the customers didn't drink. So Nishida, your chap who runs this railroad, uh, installed equipment in the restaurant which would take the leftover ramen broth and make it into biodiesel fuel. And if you think that ramen... I hope I'm not getting this wrong. I hope I'm not being quite stereotypical here. But ra- ramen is a, is a Japanese export, right? Japanese food export. Connor, you would know? Mm-hmm. I believe it's Japanese, yeah. That's what I've always thought it is, yeah. So they're taking one of the country's biggest food exports and using that to power one of the country's prettiest railways. So I wonder how that is being done scientifically, like taking the actual broth itself, because it must just become... They must take the broth, liquidise it with into water, if that's the term. Oh, that, yeah, it use, just becomes like a, water. I think they probably just shove it in a Nutribullet, spin it round a bit, and then shove it up the old fuel gauge. No, I think what happens yeah, is... He has to, they have to put this leftover ramen into a, an instrument, almost like a centrifuge, which spins it around so it can take out the lard content and they use the lard to make the biodiesel fuel. Interesting. That's a bloody good fact. Uh, you'd never think that that like could that. be done. Yeah, I mean, if ever there's a way of recycling in the best way possible, it's that, isn't it? Yeah, I get I mean, it's better than, what do they do in the UK? Take chip fat and use that. That's our, that, that's our equivalent. I still- take all the fat from chips. Go on. I, I enjoy this fact. I don't know how much, how much justice I did to the science and the pronunciations and the exports from Japan. I enjoyed the fact. But I think what really has blindsided me is is the knowledge of how... Kind His of, old dub, d- double yeah, ramen over yeah, here. Oh, oh, how strict you are with your weekly menu. Me and my fiancé, we, we have... You normally, Sunday spaghetti is the only thing that's pretty much set in stone unless we fancy a roast. And then we'll mix it up. Right. We'll, have like a, we'll have like a rotation of, say, 10 meals... And then on a Sunday, we'll pick what we want Monday through Friday. Yeah, we do that. We have a rotation of loads of meals. So sometimes I like it. Doesn't sound like it. Sometimes I, sometimes I. But Tuesday and Thursday nights, always we just we just love ramen. Strictly ramen days. Super super cheap to make. Like really really easy, really tasty, and we just love it. Absolutely love it. So we do ramen. Were you into ramen before you moved to East London? Yeah, I've always liked always liked ramen. I'm a big fan of it. Whenever I went to Wagamama's. And everyone was getting the chicken katsu curry, I would be getting the uh, chili chicken ramen. Connor, give us your second fact of the show. Unfortunately for you, the fact you have ramen twice a week does not constitute a fact. Well, another space fact for us. So when you're looking at a star, you are literally looking in the past. I know that you two are going to go, oh, I already knew that. I wasn't mm. particularly aware of it and I loved it. The amount of light years the star is distant is equal to the amount of years in the past you were looking at. Now. They've, they've actually uh, found the most visible star to the naked eye called the V76 Cass, which is located in Cassiopeia Constellation. And that's 16,310 light years away. So 16,310 years away. I think, I think that was meant to be Constellation. It's not, it's, not, it's, it's not strictly true, Connor. It's not that many years away. Well, I researched it and it said it was. No, it's... It's how, well. It's yeah. So it's how long light a light year is. How long is how is the distance that light travels in a year? Yeah. So it said sixteen thousand years ago it was alive. Yeah, that could be true. How, what's the distance in that? How many sixteen thousand? It just says, and it's sixteen thousand three hundred and ten light years away, which is just over sixteen thousand years in the past. Uh, hang on. Um... Apparently, it's the 
Apparently, it's the uh, most visible star by the naked eye that has been in the past the longest. 16,000. Which is pretty cool. 16,310 light years. The V76 cat. That's a lot of numbers. That's a lot of miles away. 940-5800-5970937710, something like that. It's a long way away. It's a lot of numbers. It's a bloody long way away. When you look at the sun, not that you should ever look at the sun, Connor, you're looking at light that is eight minutes old. Yep. You're, the light takes... I'm aware of that. Sun, well, yeah, so I, I don't understand then. If you were aware of that, I don't understand why this fact is, is so, like, blowed your mind. Because I don't know anybody that would just know off the top of their head, unless they knew this fact, that the furthest star is oh, 16,310. Okay. I think that's insane. That's well, such an old start. It's a really old star, the V76 cast. It's an old boy. It's on the old, you know, pensioner's rail card, mate. That is an old one. Well, the uh, the James Webb Space Telescope, which is this big telescope that they shoved up into space last year, they had to unfurl a mirror to reflect the oldest bits of light from the universe. And the mirror was the size of a soccer pitch over here. Um, and that has seen stars uh, and, and seen kind of, planets that were around at the very start of the universe which were like billions of years away yeah because they apparently the furthest star from earth is the uh uh Arendelle, which is 28 billion yeah light years away and they're always finding they're always finding something else of course they are loads of stars so when you're look when you're looking at the stars you're looking in the past what was the name of this star that you said not a great name actually i would have named it better but it's the v76 cas Mark, give us your second fact of the show. The youngest British member of Mensa joined at the age of three. Uh, of what? Joined at the age of three. Teddy. Neat. Teddy in Somerset. It is Teddy in Somerset, yeah. Uh, he could count to 100 before he turned two, and now he can do it in seven different languages, including Mandarin. Apparently, he managed to teach himself how to read by just watching the TV. Sorry. Well, hold on. I don't. Uh, what is it? The, the, he joined the what? It's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a thing called Mensacon. It's unsurprising you haven't heard of it. It's basically the most intelligent people in right. the world. There is a test that you have to do to get in. Only if you get 98% or better wow. what does it do in for this you? test are you allowed in What does Mensa. it do for you to be in Mensa? And Teddy then? is the youngest member at the age of three. Right. Well, what, what, what a thing to brag about. God, I bet that one goes down well. I, I believe they have monthly ramen social. Right, okay. Looks good sure on the CV. The th- yeah, so you, basically, Connor, y- yeah. you need to be like... Uh, yeah, in the 98th percentile of, of smart people. So you need to be like in the smartest 2% of people that exist, really. What I don't understand right. about this, how did, like, what, surely you have to take a test or something. How has Teddy done this test? They can't just accept him just because he, he knows seven languages. Well, this is the thing. He's not actually the youngest member of Mentor Worldwide. So, uh, or he is now, but not to have joined. So Isla McNabb of Kentucky, no. she's the youngest ever Mensa member to have joined. She joined last year at two and a half years oh, old. I've got a few problems. My main, I, I've got a problem with the logistics of it. It's not a problem because I, I could, it could be answered. I want to know, did the parents hmm. uh, approach Mensa? How would Mensa find out about this three-year-old that can speak loads of languages and can count to 100? Like, how, how has that process worked? I remember reading this story and a lot of it happened during lockdown. He, told, he, he taught himself to read yep. like bonkers books that no one else was doing. So I have a problem with that. But also, just like let the kid be the kid. 
But then also maybe the kid wants to do this. Exactly. Maybe they're not for, I don't know. I'm That's the thing. Uh, my favourite. How can you know that? My favourite bit I of this. I don't know how you can know that a two and a half year old is clever. Well, this is the thing. So Teddy, who was uh, at the age of three, basically had the letter and word recognition of someone who would be kind of eight to ten years old. And he's got that at the age of three. Right. So that's why he's in the brightest 2% in the world, supposedly. Um, there's other things. So you say maybe the kid wanted to do this. Uh, the parents are apparently saying, oh, we want him to have a rounded childhood. But they also said that at one point, and this is where I start thinking how much of this is actually real and how much of this is played up just to make him sound impressive. Uh, and I quote here from an article. As he rolled out some Play-Doh, his mother asked him what he was up to. Oh, I'm just cutting a shape of Kenya, he replied. <laughs> oh. Load of spiel, innit? it? Do you want to know something? I, yeah. I'm, I'm smarter than this kid, and I'm not in Mensa. Like, I am, yes, I am but, smarter Yes, but you are meant kid. to be but as I'm smart as you are at this point. Like, oh. you, you aren't impressively smart for your... No, because you're not... For your demographic and age. You're not two and a half. But you're not irrelevant. impressively smart. You irrelevant. Just, you just chat I mean, loads. It, it, this kid is probably still cleverer than Connor. Irrelevant. Irrelevant. It doesn't matter. The point is, Mentor is a place for the most intelligent people. It should be regardless of age. They've put him in because he's smart for a three-year-old. Fair play. But, like, I am smarter than him, and yet I'm not in it. What's going on? It, no, all three of us no, here, not. all three of us here you're not. are... Well, I am. No, you're not. Your brain's just more developed than him. He's got an under, underdeveloped brain and he's doing more than what he should yeah, be doing at his age. Exactly. You're doing what you should be doing at your age. Yeah. So therefore, you're just averagely smart. No. Yeah, but that's still smarter than him. No, it isn't. Yeah, it is. As in, I know no, more that's than like, him. I am smarter like, than him. But the fact is... That's like saying... Look, I feel like... No, that's uh, like saying I can walk better than a one-year-old. Yeah. I feel yeah, like at the point, at no, the point that you are I'm bragging, saying. you are better than a three-year-old. I think you need to think about fine. other priorities in your life. No, fine, but like logically, old Dan Simpson, so, who is ten I'm times his age, going, yeah, like, I'm, be- I'm better than him. Wa- I'm, I'm, I know more stuff. I'm just saying, I'm not. Look, I'm not bragging. I'm, ju- I'm just saying, I am a better walker than him. Like, regardless if he's a good walker for someone that's three years old. On the state of yeah, but it's people about, who can walk, it's yeah, about but it should, ability. Yes, it, but it shouldn't be. That's my point. It shouldn't. But of be. course, it should be. Because no, how, how do you? How do you? Okay, so me and you, right? We're both the same age. We're both the ripe age of twenty nine. How do you work out who's smarter? Well, we would take a test, wouldn't we? I guess. Well, exactly. And who performs better is smarter. Therefore, that kid is smarter than all other two and a half year olds because he performs better than other two yeah. and a half year olds. But my so point, age, my point is, my point is, me and the three year old should do the same test, and then it would prove that I am smarter than him. Okay, but as I, I said, at the point you, at the point you're bragging that you're cleverer than a three year old. The point is, is that he is incredibly clever for what is expected of him because his brain has not developed. Yeah, mm. You were just pretty average. I'm sorry, you're pretty average, fair, mate. Fair. Fair play. Uh, more. I'd say more. I'm not as smart. I'm no, not I'd, meant say so. bang av- I'd say bang average. Now, where I do bang agree average. with you, Dan, know, is that if in 10 years' yeah. time it realises he's more on the Connor trajectory than on the Stephen Hawking trajectory, they should kick him out of Mensa. Like, it's not a lifetime thing. Like, once you start oh, really? th- seeming a, a bit thick, get out. That's what I think. I've met kids a lot smarter than you, Dan, down the old, uh, down the old Essex way. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Let's finish you off, mate. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Down the general old Essex way. Absolutely. <laughs> There's just the one road into Essex, both left and right, is just littered with really with, yeah. with kids just cramming through books, doing Rubik's Cubes, 
bit of like drawing incredible we, shapes. Uh, They're geniuses. Doing uh, some street countdown. Us Essex, us Essex folk, we are clever because we have to be because everyone thinks we're dimwits. So therefore we perform. Funny how that works. Right, second fact of the show for me. Pop star Ariana Grande is a vegan but has a tattoo about a barbecue on her hand. What about some good old bean burgers? What? Why has she got a tattoo? Pop star Ariana Grande is a vegan, has a tattoo about a vegan on her hand, but didn't think that that was what it was. She uh, got some Japanese, I think, yeah, Japanese uh, characters printed on her. She wanted it to be an ode to her single, Seven Rings. She wanted it to kind of spell Seven Rings in Japanese. The problem was they missed out and a very important character. So instead of having an note to seven rings on her hand, it actually translates to shishirin, which is a small charcoal grill, also known as a barbecue. Wow. Wow. Similar story to that, actually, with uh, Kylie Jenner, if you want a bonus fact. I think she's just named her son uh, an Arab name, which translates to penis, apparently. So. Fair play. I, um, the vegan wasn't really that important in that. I, I was just the headline of this news article, which obviously doesn't want her to be a vegan, has said, too bad pop star Ariana Grande is a vegan. She's accidentally pay, uh, tattooed a homage to a barbecue on her hand. I mean, God, she could be barbecuing vegan somewhere. food. Right, a few things. There is a forum somewhere, and a few, the vegans are booting off, and they? A, a few things. Um, it's obviously very unfortunate. And she said, well, it's fine, because... The place where it is on her hand, the skin is going to stretch to the extent that the tattoo will be ruined fairly soon anyway, so she'll have to get over it. She can just fit in um, the other character. Also, Connor, you've had tattoos before, as have I. The tattoo that she's got is literally on the palm of her hand, which I imagine is one of the most painful places to have it because there's a lot of nerve endings there. Yeah, yeah. They always, but, but a friend, one, of my, a friend of mine, one of my barbers has got his hand tattooed and the on the palm and he said it was really painful he's had the rib done as well they're meant to be the two worst but he said that was worse. how many barbers remember... have you got to say the phrase one of my barbers <laughs> what one of the three that are working that are free i'll just book out one of them okay that makes more sense i thought you know got one barber on that side of town got another one here when i'm back in essex got one there got one in london you know mm. i uh, uh, there was an old wives' tale going around the tattoo parlour that a few of my mates went to at uni that was that if you could have the Lord's Prayer tattooed on the sole of your foot, um, they would do any other tattoo that you wanted for free, no matter how big it was, just because it would, there was no way it could ever be done. No one could withstand that much pain. So, yeah, she is disappointed to do that. It must be very painful. I remember a kid I went to school with got something, was meant to get something tattooed that was like, we are so brave, but... One of the characters was the wrong way around, so it said only the brave, which at the time was a very famous perfume. So we used to rip it out of him for having a perfume tattooed on him. Wow. But yeah, I, I, you know, I don't know any more about this. I just enjoyed the fact that Ariana Grande wanted seven rings tattooed on her palm. I accidentally got a sign that said barbecue. Very Did simple. It boot off? And I was there it. a lot of people that booted off? Have we got a response from Peter? Like, how was that? What? How did it come about that this was actually public knowledge? Someone definitely booted off. She put it on her Twitter and Instagram story. And then I think obviously everyone was like, ah, it doesn't mean that, it doesn't mean that, it doesn't mean that, it doesn't mean that, it doesn't mean that. Actually, I know it means that. Did she have to do a public apology and, you know, a statement? Vegans have disowned I don't think her. She, I don't think she's done a public, diso- uh, a public apology and statement. Although I don't like where you're getting with Connor. I feel like you're seconds away from having a massive ra- rally against cancel culture. No, I'm all good. 
Welcome to the Train Happy Podcast with me, Tally Rye. This is the podcast that helps you have a feel-good relationship with fitness, food, and body image. Each week, we'll be digging into an intuitive and inclusive approach to our health and well-being as we're joined by leading experts, friends of mine, and you to hear more about the journey of letting go of diet culture and feeling good in the skin you're in. It's a podcast for everyone, no matter what body you're in. You can find us wherever you found this podcast. Just search Train Happy wherever you get your podcasts and hit follow. You can always get in touch with the show, by the way. Easiest way, info at bafflepod.com. Get to the website, bafflepod.com. We've got everything there. And it's the best way that you can get yourself some merch as the days get lighter, at least they do in the UK, as they get a bit warmer. Some lovely apparel there to take you through to spring baffledpod.com we would love to hear from you Connor give us your last fact of the show Uh, fun city one to finish in 2008 a fun survey was done where 58% of British teens thought that Sherlock Holmes was a real person and 20% thought that Winston Churchill was not I can tell you something I'm smarter than them they're not in Mensa they're not in Mensa I'm smarter than them too little Teddy knows that he's a bloody that is a bloody, bloody big difference. 58% Sherlock Holmes, yeah. He's, he's, he's roamed around. Yeah. He's, he's done it. Winston Churchill never exists. Probably one of the most, you know. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Biggest people within Britain, right? I mean, what he's done for us, incredible. But yeah, not real. Didn't exist. They've both got statues, I imagine. I'm yeah, they sure both do have statues. Connor, Connor, recall Sorry, we but- did... Connor, we did have a, a, an extensive section of last week's podcast trying to convince you that Napoleon Bonaparte was a real person. Yeah, well, no, but, but no, no, it was Napoleon. I know it's real, but Bonaparte was. But I can't get back to that word. I've laughed about it too much over the last week. Um, fifty-eight percent. Yeah, Sherlock Holmes. I can un- Winston don't exist. I can understand. I can understand people believing that Sherlock Holmes was real. Is that if you don't really know a lot about the books, but you've heard about Sherlock Holmes, this great detective. I understand how you could be confused to do that. I think believing that Winston Churchill is w- w- wasn't real that that's 
where I really fall down on this. That's where I really, really struggle with. But Sherlock Holmes is a book. I know, but it people is. might not know that. But people might not know that. If you've never read the book, if you haven't heard their book, but you hear people say, oh, Sherlock Holmes, that you might, you know, you might be confused enough to think that he was a real detective. 58% is a large percentage, though. Uh, yes, yeah, James Bond's real. Or like Spider-Man. It's like... Do we know how many people? Do we know how many people were asked in the survey, or where it was? We taken don't know. We don't. We don't. Said, but we do know that uh, they were all teenagers. They were all teenagers. So you know, is it, it just fifty-eight percent guessed wrong? No, it was fifty-eight percent of British teens thought that Sherlock Holmes was actually a real person. So the question was, is he real? Yes. Then there was his Winston Churchill real? No. Yeah, but as in like on the note for Winston Churchill, is it just fifty-eight percent didn't know? And went, who the f***s Mark, Sherlock Holmes and just went, Mark, going yes. to be completely honest with you, mate. Um, in the research of this fact, didn't, I didn't, didn't contact the person that carried out this survey on the logistical side wow. of how it was put together. I, I, feel, but, I feel like you could have done better then, mate. Yeah, but from what we gather, Sherlock Holmes was seen as more real in the eyes of teenagers in 2008 than Winston Churchill was. Yeah. Well, you know who they should Thank you for attempting to not answer my hypothetical question. Thank you, mate. You're welcome. You're welcome. You know who they should have asked? Teddy. The genius kids down on the old Essex Way. They would have known exactly who Sherlock Holmes and Winston Churchill was. Do you know what I think we should do, Mark? I, I'd, I'd happily pay for this, right? Because, no, I, we should send Dan off to one of those competitions. Like, you know, the, the university ones where they challenge people on random questions and just watch him get completely and utterly f***ed by everybody there. I'd no, like to no, see no, that, no, 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 no. We need to send him to, like, a competition between, like, primary or secondary school kids so that he can yeah. I, I think him losing his university it'd be like oh yeah but people who go to university are really clever uh, and, and, and like there's a section who are really really clever whereas if you make him look silly in front of primary or secondary kids then I think yeah. we have a real well, if we're being honest I don't think that would happen it, it, it depends what the questions were on I think well my mate my mate this look I'm sorry this isn't how it works if you're intelligent it don't matter mate no, not you stri- just get stuff thrown at you that's how it works in no, spelling not, bees. No, not strictly. So yeah, I could do something like a spelling bee. I could do something like a pot, like like a fact-based oh, we'll quiz. Like I could do so you're knowledge. Like pub you're quizzes. Selective. Oh no, I'm good at pub quizzes because I'm good at like hard and fast right. things that you remember and you bring back. I'm not that good at more abstractive logic. Who won the Premier League in 2004? Arsenal. Oh, you see, not too bad. It's good. Well, they, well done. I think it was famously the Invincible season. So um, pretty, I don't have that. Pretty easy one. At, I don't have that abstract. It might have been 2003. I don't have that abstract knowledge. The abstract it was logic. The, uh, 2003, rather. 2004 season, and it was the Invincibles. Correct. Mark, give us your last fact of the show. The oldest Chinatown in Europe is in Liverpool. Oh, how Europe. Yeah. Yes. Why? Where well, were you? Um, gonna, where were you going to guess? I think the biggest one outside of. Uh, is it, I thought it was San Francisco. I think one of the oldest in the world is San Francisco. I think the biggest Chinatown outside of China is San Francisco, but I think the biggest Chinese population outside of China is in Brazil. Anyway, tell me why it's in Liverpool. So, yeah, so uh, the city's Chinatown developed in the 1850s, making it the oldest in Europe. And uh, it dates back to 1834 when there was a massive trade link that was set up between China and Liverpool. So you had loads of boats coming in from Shanghai and Hong Kong and coming into Liverpool, importing stuff like silk, cotton, tea. And that's how the Chinatown in, Lund- in Liverpool, Chinatown in Liverpool, 
uh, started to form and it has been there since the 1850s. It's a long way round. Wow. An awful long way round. It is, yeah. It's like getting all the way here and then going, yeah, we'll, we'll do an extra bit. Go on. I love a Chinatown. It, it is always nice. The one in, uh, the one in London that I pass through quite a lot, it's great. Really, really good. Always busy. Good food as well. And I love the... Do you know what as well? Desserts from China are great. All like the... What are those? They do like the... Um, I don't know if they are actually Chinese desserts, but they are in Chinatown and they're like the... Almost a wrap and they've got like balls all over them. They put ice cream in them. Amazing. Oh, yeah. Bubble tea. Bubble teas are huge. In fact... Yeah. I've made my, fr- my, I've made my Friday plan today. I'm going to bu- go and get a bubble tea. I've never had one before. I'm going to go and get a bubble tea. Look at that. What a what? plan. Um, get the lychee balls. Lychee. Lychee balls. Hmm. Mm, I will do that, Connor. Uh, you know the bad thing about the Chinatown? What? Does, doesn't specialise in ramen for you, does it? No, I don't need to go there for my ramen. I've got my places. Got, got your secret ramen places. Damn right. How big is the Chinatown in Liverpool now? Uh, how big is the Chinatown? I don't. In terms of size, it's not you know one of the biggest in the world. It's you know it's fair size, but in terms of just heritage, in terms of how long it goes back to, so uh, so it is the oldest, but it is certainly not the biggest. Uh, the Chinatown in Manhattan allegedly has the highest concentration of Chinese people outside Asia. I remember walking around San Francisco and they were banging on about that. Oh, it's the oldest Chinatown in North America. Anyway, let's move on. Last fact of the show goes to me. The USA once considered a plan to bomb the moon. I mean, <laughs> space defence is important. You've got to keep yourself away from aliens. So in the 1950s, moving through that time, the US was in the throes of the Cold War with the USSR. They were kind of panicking when Russia successfully launched the world's first satellite, Sputnik, which basically what that was, it was, it was a massive show of, of strength. It was like, look what we can do. We are Russians. We can get to the sky. And uh, the Cold War is so I- inextricably linked to the space race. So they dreamed up a code name called Project 8119. The idea behind the project was very simple, to create an explosion and lunar nuclear mushroom on the, cl- on the moon that was so thick, so awe-inspiring, you could see it on Earth and the Russians would be sh- scared. Wow. But it would freak you out, wouldn't it? Mm. You'd be like bloody hell. I mean, I can't imagine you'd be confident in seeing that. It'd freak me out. Well, the only reason that they, sh- they didn't do it was because it was too expensive. Like, the, after... Oh, an, he's got, how much? What was the, what was the, what was the rough guesstimate? They billions? Haven't, it's got to be billions, right? Yeah, well, I'd imagine something in that, uh, in that ballpark. They didn't give me the final figure. What they did say was that after initial findings and the reports... Uh, carried out in June 1959, cost was among the major reasons why the project was scuttled. They were also quite concerned about damaging the lunar landscape. And by this point, you know, no, no one had been to the moon. No one would get to the moon until 1969. Um, it's just quite amazing, isn't it? That that was their thought process. They thought, what what can we do to terrify these people on Earth? Bomb the moon. Again, it goes we in can that show bank. We can it goes do in it. that bank. That bank of facts that I talk about where we find out about just how nonsense things were back yeah. in their day. And this is another one. This is another one. Ridiculousness. It's one and of them when, where you can imagine yeah. a whole bunch of old men sat in a room going, how do we win this gold war? Well, I've got an yeah. idea. It's crazy, but I've got an idea. And everyone going, yeah, that's brilliant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we always say when you're thinking about crazy facts from back then, just think of what, the, what they're doing to you now. 
Listen, thank you for listening to Baffled. That's it for a brand new episode. What have we learned? The oldest star that we can see is showing you light from 16,000 years ago. Also, a rearview mirror in a spaceship doesn't let you look out the back of the spaceship. It all just lets you look at your ass. And Americans were so scared of Russia, they once tried to blow up the moon. We'll see you next week. Baffledpod.com if you want to get in touch. Until then, more bite-sized baffles on the way for you this week. Say goodbye, Mark. Goodbye. Say goodbye, Connor. Uh, goodbye. Right, I am off for bubble tea and to prove to a lot of three-year-olds that I am much, much, much smarter than them. See you next week. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.